Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Cairns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers that help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is a little different. There's no labels, no branding. Ken Weaver, Massive Potions, post-apocalyptic, web-based, beer-related comic book. Hmm. Right? Yeah. All right. Maybe it's a stretch. I don't know. But we like to deviate from the norm. A little standard deviation, you know, uh, integration, deviation. Other words with Asian. I sound like uh, Russian River and their sour program. But Ken is somebody who's been involved in the beer scene for many years as a writer, and a little over, a little about, I think a little over a year ago, he decided uh, crazily, but with the support of his family and those who love him, which we talk about, his wife, the brains of the operation, um, decided to make the the leap and do something he's always wanted to do, which is you know an extension of his writing, but to create this comic book, and he's been hard at work at it, coming out with weekly releases, and you can really see the evolution of his drawing and his storytelling, and it's just. Uh, I don't know. You're saying, AJ, what are you doing having a comic book guy? But, <laughs> worst episode ever. That was from The Simpsons. You know, the guy, the comic book guy. Uh, anyway, so what I like about this episode, I think you're going to take away from it for, I mean, we, we talk about his story. We talk about writing. We talk about being a, a judge at the Great American Beer Fest and some of that. I don't want to call it controversy, but I, I just ask a lot of like dumb questions because I'm curious. And, you know, growing up in, in a household with a teacher, there's never a dumb question, just dumb students. But what we really like is just kind of, you know, finding out, understanding, learning. And it's a good episode about, you know, we always say that the idea is just kind of going for it. And this episode is just a great example of that, and it's really relatable to us and what we're doing and what we've done and what we're trying to do. And we work on that all the time, and it's something that we don't have an answer for, but we do it because we love it, and that's really important, and it's just passionate, you know, being passionate, caring about what you do. You can probably hear my voice this week. I'm definitely not, I'd probably say I'm like 74% maybe, like I definitely don't feel very well, but the show must go on, and sometimes you know we get the the you know the feedback that you know the sick raspy voice. You know, it's a big fan of the ladies, or you know, definitely some of the uh, the millennials. And it's just uh, you know it's a lot of fun. We're just having a good time, but we you know doing it you know gives us gives us some energy, gives us some strength, and we just kind of you know keep pushing on. So we're excited for this episode. We think you're gonna enjoy it. If you don't, then. Man, whatever. I, I think that we're what we're trying to do here each week, and there's a few other folks that we've had. You know, Miguel on for Beer Trekker. You know, we've had uh, Tim with Night Shift, and um, also you know, uh, Side Project. We're, we're really trying to look at things differently, and so realizing the full circle of the branding industry. And so this is really exciting. You know, we'll probably try to get Emily on from Pites and Panels in the future, and it's just really, it's been really fun, and I, I really. You know, we waited for the right time, and we thought that season 12, you know, once Ken had, you know, over 75 different episodes, you know, under his belt. And, you I mean, go to the website, you know, again, MassivePotions.com, MassivePotions on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
and see. You know, look at episode one, look at episode 80 plus he's at now, and you can really see the difference. Um, we've talked about this before, and if you have a good solution out there, you know, uh, please reach out, aj at 16ozcanvas.com, 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have the first hour of radio that I did back in 1997. It's a Maxell XL2 60-minute tape, and I'm excited to digitize it. I mean, I remember those uhs and ums and awkwardnesses and just to really see where we've come, you know. If we can get that one digitized, if you have a good solution, I, I would hesitate to send you the tape because that would be that would just really give me a lot of agita and stress, the idea of just this thing that is so important to me. Um, it's just kind of floating out there and not knowing, but... You know, get in touch. We'll figure it out, and we'll, we'll release it as a separate episode. And we'll, uh, it'll be really bad, but it's uh, a lot of uhs and ums and what have you. And we really, you know, and we're going on a little mini tangent here as we get started, but one of the things early on, talking, and you might notice, I could probably talk. I have the gift of gab. I could sit here and talk for hours and really make it work. We don't script this. We really take it from the heart. We really take it off the top. But if you hear that first tape, you'll see the evolution of where we've come, and it's pretty fucking crazy. I used them, I and I still mumble. I mean, I have a, I probably, you know, it's something I can work on, and, and I do. I, I mean, I went to a, a woman. I used to work at a day camp, and a woman there was a speech pathologist, and I, you know, I kind of was like, you know, heart in hand, went to speak to her. I was, you know, really nervous about it. And she told me, like, a little trick of the trade was to read the newspaper out loud, you know, once a day or try to do as many times as you could. And I did. You know, I'd read the paper out loud, and it was bad. And it's still, you know, it's still something I had to work on and I'm cognizant of all the time. You know, but I'm in sales. I'm in front of people all the time. I have no problem giving speeches, giving presentations. And so it's really, it's just really fun. I mean, I think that, just doing what you love and trying to, you know, work at it, you know, whatever that is, you know, it's really cool to, to see the evolution of things. And so, I don't know. I think that, I don't know. I don't know what's going to come of this with Ken, but I know that you can hear in his voice, you can hear that he's going for it, you can hear he's doing it, and he loves it. And to me, that should be celebrated a lot more. You know, he... I, I can't promise that, you know, and, and when we come back a year later and look in and see what's going on and give me updates of where it's going to go. But I know at this point in time that he's doing what makes him happy and he's being his truest self. And that's really what the, one of the underlying themes here is at the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer. And uh, I don't know. Let's just get at it. Let's hear it. Ready? You ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Episode 136. If you're scrolling along at home, 136 is not a prime number. It divides uh, 8 by 17. So that means you get 4 by 34. You also probably get, let's see, what, 2 by 68. Yeah, so it's not a prime number, folks. So if you're wondering that, uh, next week is episode 137 is a prime number. So get excited for that one. Get weird. And here we go. Episode 136, Ken Weaver, Massive Potions. Hopefully you're still with me, because this is a ramble. Ramble on, my friends. Ramble on. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have with us today, joining us from Cali, out in Petaluma, Mr. Ken Weaver. He is the author, creator, designer with Massive Potions, the post-apocalyptic 
uh, uh, beer-influenced comic. He's also uh, an acclaimed writer, and so we're really excited to to have you uh, be a part of this. We don't get many uh, comic book uh, folks on on here, so uh, you're one of the the few. So we thank you for, for, for diving in with us. Thanks for having me, AJ. I've been digging. I've been digging the label artists and folks that you've been featuring. So uh, appreciate you uh, having me around. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, Ken and I have been connected for a while. You know, we finally got to meet in uh, in person in, in Nashville at the uh, Craft Brewers Conference a little over a year ago. You know, we knew then we would have him on. There was really early infancies of the of the the dive into the comic book. So I think we just you know the thinking was we wanted to let it grow a little bit so we could kind of talk about the the good, the bad, and the ugly, and, you know, how, how you made that leap. So I think we've, uh, we've picked a perfect time. It's really been really been taken off. And for folks at home, obviously, MassivePotions.com is the, is the website. And you can follow Massive Potions on Instagram as well as, as Twitter. And uh, from there, you can uh, jump off, get some of the, the merch, get yourself a, a glass, and, you know, support your local artists. So uh, we'll keep plugging away as the, as the episode goes. Now, Ken, you're unique because you were, I mean, we're all, that, that, that's just, we're going to leave it there. You're unique. But um, you were, you know, your background is you, you were, you're a writer. You've been really involved in the, in the craft beer industry for, you know, a long time now. And now you're decided to kind of make that right turn and, you know, create a, you know, a comic book. So what's the, you know, what's the Ken Weaver bio? What's the Ken Weaver story? Because I'm just kind of curious, you know, how things got started for you in the industry and then. You know, we'll get up to modern day and how you decided to, you know, go for a comic book and, you know, be creating on the regular. Yeah, so I'm, I guess probably the easiest place to start is I used to do, I used to do science stuff. Like, I used to be physics, like, I, used, I have a degree in physics and sort of got started in my life doing that sort of stuff. Um, once I kind of got to see, you know, the lay of the land, like, I just, I loved writing. Um, I loved, you know, doing fiction stuff. And so I ended up doing my MFA in creative writing, um, and fiction. And like, basically, uh, that was like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, and I've basically, you know, just been hammering on that and trying to figure out sort of what I wanted to do with fiction. Um, I had been doing short stories, things like that. Um, massive potions had originally been like, and I've been writing that as a novel. I've been writing that as, you know, some short stories, uh, eventually it was, you know, I was like, this, this feels more, you know, my interests were in comic books, graphic novels, things like that. Um, increasingly so. Um, and I just started, you know, I started trying massive potions as like a, you know, a graphic novel script that somebody else would draw. And so just sort of sketching out the characters, trying to get into it and, um, and sort of figure out this weird brewery space. Um, I probably started like 10, you know, 10 years ago, going through those iterations. Um, but you know, long story short, I started I started drawing. I started adding the drawing component to it, and that just kind of you know just that just I don't know something clicked, and I've just been really enjoying sort of learning how to draw these characters, learning how to try and bring out this world, and just sort of going down this rabbit hole um, in a way that just I don't know, that just it just feels like it works a heck of a lot better than anything I've tried so far. Um, short fiction, you know, just just words. I don't I like this. I like this space a lot. So, um, but we started this comic about like year and a half ago and just been plugging along at it and uh just trying to get better and better each week yeah that's what i love i think that it's it's a genuine passion it's something it's kind of you know you just kind of like skipped over you know years of you being you know editor and you know doing a lot of you know writing work for you know for different uh publications and groups but 
you know, um, so, <laughs> yeah, you just kind of like, yeah, da, da, I was a writer and now I made a comic book. Like, yeah, for, yeah. for what, like seven, you know, five, six, seven years, you were, you know, beer writer and, you know, doing some different stuff. I mean, if you search Ken Weaver beer, you know, the, the, the search results come back across numerous sites and platforms. So it's just really nice to, you know, to, to see that, you know, you can hear that it's almost like a culmination of all that, all that experience. You know, a lot of the comics have kind of, you know, in-depth also some puns and some, you know, uh, commentary on, you know, what what's going on in, in beer culture and, you know, and, and that life. So it's uh, it's really kind of nice to see. But it's it's interesting that you decided to, you know, go in all in and be the, you know, also be the illustrator or the, you know, drawing the things too. So that's uh, that's commendable. It's been fun. I, uh, yeah, I've been, I did the beer writing thing for, I've been a full-time beer writer for like, 10 years and uh really enjoy, i don't know as a young writer you're like trying to figure out like what's the you know what's like who am i speaking to what is my audience like what is the community that i'm like you know having some form of a dialogue with and like and i think for me you know beer was such a good spot for that like i had i had a lot of friends through beer i'd been active on on ratebeer.com back in the day for a while and just you know just i had lots and lots of people that were in this space and so it was you know, for me, that was all like a really easy way, you know, without doing, you know, full on fiction and novels and all that stuff. Like I was writing, I was writing every day and like writing to an audience that, you know, at least generally responded well to what I was doing. And so it was like a great space for me to sort of you know, figure a lot of stuff out. Um, that industry has gone <laughs> very far south, which we can maybe or maybe not get into. Um, that's, you know, that, that whole, the whole print, you know, print magazine industry has gone Oh, crazy. And so, you know, frankly, it's been a great, you know, kick in the pants to <laughs> encourage me to get this stuff going, you know, sooner rather than later as like a lot of my bread and butter work had been, had been shifting over the last few years. Right. I think when we had first connected, um, and that was my first experience at CBC. And so I was just like, I was completely overwhelmed. And so to, just to sit down and have a, a one-on-one conversation with somebody and not feel like, you know, a drop in a massive ocean um, was much, which was helpful more than you realize. But yeah, I think that we, that was one of the things I, I really remember is our discussion on really how print and a lot of these, you know, quote unquote, major publications were doing away with it. We're reducing the frequency in which they were putting out publications because of, you know, the internet and the immediacy of things. And, you know, I, I like that, you know, you took it, you, you know, there was definitely a kick in the ass and you, you know, not only took it, but used it you know, as, as a positive, which I think is really, it's really nice to see. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that like my wife maintains like the household enough that I can, you know, dial my work down and sort of focus on this for a few years. But uh, I mean, I had been working at, uh, I'd been working and I'd been, I'd been a beer editor. I'd been the beer editor at all about beer magazine um, for that, you know, that last patch of its lifespan for the last like probably two or three years. And so, you know, for better or worse, like all of us on staff kind of had, you know, a front row seat for, <laughs> for the print market, you know, just sort of collapsing in on itself. Um, and just, you know, a lot of old models to sort of start breaking. And so like, at the very least, that was like, you know, a kind, you know, it was probably what, like four or five years ago. Um, you know, having an early heads up or you know, not, not like we don't know that print was doing badly and on that downward spiral, but just the, the beer focus side, you know, having a front row seat for that. It just helps. I, I sort of knew it was coming. We've lost like, I don't even know how many you know, major print magazines that was sort of, you know, my bread and butter work for a while, uh, how many we've lost for the last five years, but you can kind of see it coming. I think a lot of people have, 
adjusted accordingly, you know, expanded their coverage range, you know, do more, do more spirits or do other stuff. But, you know, a lot of my beer writer folks have adjusted, you know, one way or another to, to keep things going. Yeah. I think that, I think they, I think if you're, you're, it's kind of funny cause you're not funny, but you're the, you're, your thing is a post-apocalyptic. Funny in a dark, funny in right, a dark in, way. In a dark way. <laughs> right. Right. But your, your comic book, right. is post-apocalyptic, you know, right. So like kind of looking you were on the front lines of seeing how things were going to shift and, you know, it's kind of uh, it's kind of uh, metaphoric for for where where things went because yeah, I think that it, there's only maybe one or two that I can really think of that are still that you can still get, and even those they they come out fewer, you know, few and far between the, the frequency, and they they went from local to every national quote unquote national, but basically it's just taking all the regional versions and making one versus having these you know more customized uh, pieces that are available to folks. So. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been it's been hard for the print side of things. I think you had a lot of older models in terms of, uh, I don't know, you've had some of these brands kick around for 30, 40 years. And I think as you get like a, you know, as you finally get a well-educated populace and a, you know, a core beer community, uh, everybody's looking for something that's a little bit more tweaked to what they're looking for, a little bit more valuable for their geographic region, for their expertise level, for, you know, for whatever voice they're looking for. And it's just, there's a big shakeout. We've only got, you know, you got craft beer and brewing, You've got online stuff. Um, other, you know, a lot of the other print stuff's kind of toast, and you know, just, it's just it's just shifted and in a predictable way. So. Yeah, but you're I mean, you're still really involved. Uh, you know, it was really cool to see. <clears throat> excuse me, most recently that you were, you know, a judge at the Great American You know Beer Festival, and I, what I thought was really cool is you know, and for folks, if you've never, you know, when you go to these events, you get your your name badge and. You know, I, I know the first time I got it was at you know at CBC when I got my first media badge, you know, and it said the 16 ounce canvas on it. it. It just was, it was such a cool feeling. And so I, I when you posted the one with, uh, you know, massive potions on it uh, as the judge, I just thought that was just a really cool kind of a uh, kind of moment for for you. And it was cool to just to see that. It's it's fun. It's like I've been out. This was my I guess my fifth year judging, and you know I've been there with, you know, just like. Uh, freelancer on that badge. Um, I've been out there with, you know, like, you know, working for other people's publications. It just feels different. You know, it just, it just feels different when it's your own, you know, this own, your own sort of brand and your own thing that you've been sort of working with. It feels good. I love going out there, man, like judging. Uh, I look, <laughs> it is a hardcore week of judging, but like, I look so forward to going out there, uh, catching up with my beer writers, like, and just, you know, sort of hunkering down for three days with like really like really talented beer judges uh and learning from them like i just i look forward to it every year so it was just kind of it's kind of great to be out there with massive potions and just kind of talking about the comic and just um i don't know i just look forward to it every year yeah that's one i've yet to yet to do yet but i mean what's kind of behind the curtain a little bit like what goes on with the judging like how does that work you know how are you how many beers are you trying at a certain time are you you know, do you have a certain style that you would always judge? How how does that work? I mean, it was it's funny because I was talking to um, you know, towards the end of the, end of the festival, I was talking to uh, to a guy who was kind of new to the process, and it was his, his first year judging, and like he was just sort of describing what it had been like for him, and it's like um, it, it is it is hard, like it's a lot of work, and it's like you're sitting there. I mean, it's it's effectively you know aside from the three nights, you know the four the four festival sessions themselves of the actual beer fest uh the judging itself is like a three-day 
a three-day-plus ordeal, but you've got three full days of judging, uh, morning session and an afternoon session. Um, and just talking to this this guy, he had gotten like you know like a lot of first round sessions, which meant he's writing a lot. And it was just sort of like a full trial by fire for him. But it's like um, when it goes well, like when it goes perfectly, like you're there, you know, you're sitting at a table, six, you know, five or six other people, uh, in in one, you know, in a morning or an afternoon session, you'll judge up to three different types of beer. So it can go, you know, any any style, but you'll often go through three different rounds of beer. And that's up to 12 beers per round, your flight or whatever it is. So you could have like up to 36 beers before lunch. Um, and it's just, and you'll just sit there and you've got these, you know, we were going to do digital judging this year, but we, you know, we ended up having doing paper again. So you've got these judging sheets and you're sitting there, you're not speaking for like 45 minutes and your head is down and you're just going through as fast as possible, like trying to capture the essence of that beer, figure out whether it's worth like really discussing more or not, and just trying to you know really come to terms with it really quickly, get your thoughts down, make sure they're going to be valuable for the person who's reading that that sheet. And you're just like knocking out like a dozen reviews in a matter of like 30, 45 minutes sometimes. And you're just boom, boom, boom. And it is, it is fun. It is cool when you're there with like really smart judges and you all kind of knock stuff out real quick. And you agree on the beers. Like I had, I just really enjoyed this year. We had uh, just great, great agreement, you know, really timely judging and everything else. And it was like super quick, but um, it's hard. You're just, you really kind of have to get in that mindset of like, I'm going to just sit here, bang out these reviews, really focus in on this. And you just kind of clear your head, keep writing and just like, don't get, you know, you try not to get stuck on, on too much of you know any, any other stuff because <laughs> you end up behind just making people wait. So it's hardcore. It is super fun. Um, yeah, that's that's the kind of general gist of it. Yeah, it seems a, a lot of work. See, yeah, I was gonna say it seems a, it doesn't seem. Yeah, it definitely probably people are like, oh, you get to judge beer. It's so fun. And it just seems like you're saying it seems an a intense, a lot of work, and you know, it, uh, which is commendable. Now, what makes so again? We'll, we'll move off the judges topic in a second. But what makes someone qualified to to be a judge? You have to be a cicerone. Do you have, is there some level of, is there like a test, a gaunt? Like, what do you have to do to prove that you're, you're judge worthy, right? I mean, that's, I mean, I don't think I'd be a great judge. I don't think I could do, I don't think my palate's that level yet. But how do you, how is that something that's chosen? I think it's like, I mean, I think it varies. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how it goes right now, but I know in the past, um, usually it had been, you would have uh, two or three current judges recommend you or, or people in that space to recommend you. Um, I think it's at least one. You basically would have some folks who are in the process already recommend you. Um, but you would, you would be either, you know, someone who's judging and tasting beer all the time, you know, a, a professional brewer, um, someone who works in the industry full time, something in that space. Um, there's, there's not a lot, there's a handful of beer writers in there. Um, a lot of brewers and a lot of industry folks. I think if I, you know, just overall. And so how, many comic, how many comic book folks? How many comic book writers are in there? <laughs> it's just me and M uh, from M, M from Pints and Panels. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think that's. I think that's the only two of us. Maybe there's a, a secret cartoonist in there too, but I think that's. I think that's everybody. Yeah, a little yeah. stealth secret cartoon. Yeah, exactly. And then the one thing I saw this year, and I, again, I have no knowledge of it, was that some of the beers didn't get gold medals. Was that, you know, is that just a thing? What, what is the story with that? It's just that, but they would win like silver and bronze. Is that, is that some level of points it didn't get to, or is it just kind of, 
Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. That's an interesting. It's an interesting disconnect. I I always like watching these things happen and then try and understand why they happen, but not really like I don't have a strong opinion about it. Um, I mean, I could so so there were at least a couple of categories this year that didn't. Uh, I don't even know how much I'm supposed to comment on this in the grand scheme of things, but it's pretty pretty general comment. Um, basically, like there were a couple of awards that did not. <laughs> that did not get uh, awarded. There's a couple categories that didn't get like gold beers this year. And so like from the outside, uh, okay. So from the inside, that is like, as a judge, you're given, you know, you're given the things that you're judging to. And for us, like uh, as judges, we're given uh, specific requirements for like gold and a silver, gold, silver, and bronze beer. And so like what goes into that is like, if you're going to award something, a gold beer, a gold medal, um, not a gold beer, but gold metal. But like, uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna make if you're gonna make that beer gold, uh, you basically you know it has to be like okay, this thing was you know almost entirely within the parameters of the style. This satisfied on this level, this level, this level, and there's basically very specific uh, things that you're trying to get to with that beer, and and that 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 gold medal means something in the context of that, um, such that there's like internal requirements. Okay, so that's inside the judging. Now outside the judging. Um, the way that looks is people don't necessarily know that that's a thing. And they're like, Oh my God, there's all these breweries entering, putting all this money in <laughs> and these arrogant goofballs can't pick out like a winner. <laughs> and that's what it looks on the outside because like in some of those categories, you know, you're opting at this judge's table. They take this very seriously and they take their, their requirements very seriously. And they're like, all right, you know, like we have our top three beers, you know, but, they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily good enough to satisfy, you know, those rigid requirements for like a gold medal that we've been given. And so in those cases, they're like, okay, we will do a bronze and silver then. And internally, that makes sense. You're kind of fitting with the rules. Externally, you look like a bunch of, you know, <laughs> you look like you couldn't make a decision or you, or you, you know, are just are failing to award something in a category. And so I think there's just a disconnect where it makes a lot of people uh, kind of unhappy about stuff. It's why there's like often booze when someone doesn't get an award, like a gold medal or something. And like, I get it. I have a feeling it'll change like in a short, you know, like at some point, just because, just because I think the, the way it's perceived on the outside is kind of disconnected with the way we actually make those decisions. But I saw the tension this year afterwards. I got it. I just, you know, I can't do anything about it. I just, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. So yeah, but, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely think it's insightful, and that was my understanding. And I, again, we'll, we'll move on. My, my thought is, it's I, I look at the Olympics. Like if somebody, you know, say it was the hundred yard dash, and that year the the fastest one was you know a ten minute hundred yard dash because whatever happened, that's not that that moment in time, and that because it's not even the best beer in the category. It's the best beer in the category that decided to spend the money and submit, right? You see that a lot. So it's like that, I think that's where it's a weird thing that it, someone got a silver, but didn't get a, you know, didn't get the gold one. So you're saying they're the best, but they're not the best because they didn't meet. I mean, I get it. I see both sides of it, but I think just when, yeah. when it's not a, when it's people choosing to participate, it's not necessarily the best. It's the best of who's, uh, submitting and paying to be part of the, the contest. Yeah. And I think, I think it had been originally, you know, like if I had to guess, and I think it was explained like this while we were there. Uh, it's like, 
what it really, you know, what that really allows the judges to, I think originally was like, you know, in the past you'd have like uh, 300, 300 breweries in the IPA category, uh, you know, for a better chance of winning, you'd want to put those, you know, you'd want to put those beers in a different category, say. And so, mm. you know, cause you're just, you know, everybody's <laughs> like playing their odds and like, all right, where can we put this beer that has the best chance of winning? And the reality is, is like, sometimes I'm sure this was more relevant in the past when you had, you know, maybe smaller, smaller categories, but you could end up with something where you've got like, I don't know, the top three beers are like, not necessarily, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of coming from other categories or they're not necessarily quite fitting the, you know, the, the, the style profile. And so you could end up with a situation. I think this is where a lot of it comes from. If I had to guess, it's like, you want to give the judges the ability to negotiate that situation. Well, in the sense of like, you want to be able to give them a chance to like uh, say, okay, we've got, you know, this, this isn't necessarily, these are good beers, but they're not necessarily fully fulfilling the requirements of this category. You know, they could just be beers from, you know, spillover from other category. It could be whatever. It's just a situation where we don't feel comfortable saying that these three beers are, you know, bronze, silver, and gold. And so it kind of give them an out. I get that too. It's just, you know, it just, it causes that friction on the far side of things. Yeah. You know, I, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a fix. It's just not one that's perfect. Right, and I think that there's yeah, there's those stories where an IPA won pale ale, and someone won you know a barley wine, won an old you know, like to your point, f- people are trying to sneak things in there when you know they're not. So I, I definitely get it as a as a as a fail safe, but it, uh, as per life, it's usually you know the next year that things get fine tuned from the previous, and so who knows? But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that. It's like an offensive lineman in football. If you don't hear their name, you know they're they're doing their job, and you know. So when when <laughs> yeah. when when these things come up, it's usually you know just a lot of uh, it's, it's a lot of chatter, and so I mean it's a good thing for for it to still be relevant and for people to still care, and you know you could argue, argue folks want to hear more about it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I know they they think about it a ton. It's just the nature of these things. Like there's always. Always a little something like this that doesn't quite work. Oh, yeah. It's fun yeah. to watch. This is a great example of, like, one of the things you just kind of kick back on, you know, social media and just kind of watch. Like, now that, you know, now that New England IPA is a, a style, you always get folks, like, in the Midwest, like, that are closer to the venue because they sit their beer can be fresher and then claiming, well, we got the best New England IPA and, and we're in Chicago. And it's like, well, who from New England sent IPAs? And it's like, well, no one. All right, great. You know, so it's just always... It's just always it's just always funny to see, you know that that uh, everything was like a little asterisk on it. Like, oh, okay, well, here's a caveat for that and this, but but anyway. So um, and what again, folks? We were talking to Ken Weaver. He is the creator of a weekly uh, beer web comic called Massive Potions. You can find more information about that uh, on the interwebs at massivepotions.com. You can also find Massive Potions on uh, Twitter and Instagram to kind of see some of his adventures. And if you want to follow Ken in his day-to-day, you can just go to Ken Weaver, uh, you know, on the on those sites as well. And we are back. That's right, that's right, that's right. You're listening to 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast, episode 136, featuring writer, comic book illustrator, storyteller, Mr. Ken Weaver, Massive Potions. Yeah, it's a good one. 
Ken is a Ken's a good guest. He's a good storyteller. Obviously, that's his his background. He's honest. He's genuine. He's doing something he loves, and we're just here to celebrate that. So hopefully you're enjoying it. Remember, MassivePotions.com, Massive Potions on Twitter, Instagram. I got to believe there's a Facebook out there, too. And then you can follow along with Ken Weaver, Ken Weaver, on all those sites as well. My name is AJ. Listen to 16 Ounce Canvas, 16OZCanvas.com is the website. 16OZCanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Things are good. We are feeling good. I mean, not literally. We're feeling like kind of shit, but we're having a great time. You know, it's uh, it's that time of the year. We got to get our flu shot. Please get flu shots. Do that. But before we do that, make sure you use the, the hashtag 16OZCanvas. Hashtag pound sign tic-tac-toe. It's taken off. And it's really, it's a great example. You know, that's why this episode is really good for us because it's just another example of somebody doing something maybe a little crazy but it's something they love it's something they're passionate about and just kind of going for it and that's what we did here at the 60 ounce canvas and we haven't looked back we're having a wonderful time we've got some cool shit happening in 2020 we've got a list of goals that we're going to knock out of the park really excited this weekend to be going to north haven connecticut to celebrate the 12 percent brewery 12 percent beer project and the wonderful new space they're opening up there we've had an opportunity to try some of their new beers you know from some of the the folks that's part of that 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 family we had a you know a nice little tour zach cross who's the head brewer there he's opening up his own thing also marlo ales and it's just um yeah it's just been really dope it's been really cool to see Really proud of uh, different folks out there who are doing their thing, and we get to meet folks with the crew of Abomination. You know, we've had Sam Heimer and you know Pat Henze on in the past. Um, one of our kind of new claims of fame is we're really proud that we were able to introduce you know, our, our buddy uh, Ryan Adams. Ryan writes on things, and he's uh, now doing the labels uh, exclusively for a brand new brewery called Short Throw Brewing. You can follow along with them at Short Throw Brewing on Instagram. And uh, they got two bangers coming out, Can Control and the product. They're using his geometry, um, wording and lettering, and it just looks awesome. The new space is killer, depending on when you listen to this. But uh, they're putting together a release for my birthday, November 17th. They're having some uh, some cans coming out, a little Evil Twin Diane. They're having, uh, I believe, Abomination and, and a few others. Like I said, Short Throw will be... We'll even be there, so it's just going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited to uh, see everything that all the team there has been working on for a really, really long time. The Abomination is going to be having its first release in Connecticut, which is really dope, and it's just going to be, like I said, it is going to be a lot of fun. What, what? So, anyway, let's get right back into it. This is the 16-ounce canvas. We are the Autocraft Beer, Ken Weaver, Massive Potions. MassivePotions.com, MassivePotions on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're not sure if he has Facebook, but the other two, two out of three. So check it out. Ken Weaver, episode 136. You decide to make a comic book. What what has been the hardest part for you in that? One thing I've noticed, and this is a compliment to you, if you look at, which is cool, if you go to your website, you can see all of them. The drawings from uh, episode one to, to episode, I think you're up to 80 now, it's you seem to have a, a much stronger grasp of whatever the tools that you're using are, and you can see that in your just the layout and everything like like that. So it's fun just to see that. But what's been, you know, what's been the, the, the hardest part for you? 
God, they've all been hard. <laughs> I mean, as you can see, like I, uh, the writing, the drawing styles changed a lot. Um, like I've never, I've never done anything like this before. So uh, those early comics, especially, are, are pretty rough and uh, I don't know, just a little misshapen and all that good stuff. I think I've there's so many things that have been hangups about this. Like I don't, I don't know how to make a website very well. Like I don't know how to because social media stuff is often uphill climb, even though I'm getting that to work. But I've just been trying to focus on on the drawing aspect, especially uh, the humor side. Like I didn't, I don't even know if I came out here. You know, you look at those early comics. I didn't necessarily come out here swinging with a you know a four panel gag comic. Like that's not necessarily quite what my I don't know. Like that's not necessarily my my standard operating mode. So I've basically been trying to learn how to how to tell those four panel types of jokes. Um, and just get these characters like sturdy. Um, just doing the character design stuff, um, trying to figure out how to draw these characters, get their expressions right, like get that expressiveness and that sort of uh, just all that out in a way that makes sense. Like uh, I, I'm I'm willing to like <laughs> I'm I, I acknowledge that I have so much to learn and I and I think that's kind of fun. It's just like this is definitely the you know it's at this age, I can take a step back and be like, I'm at the frustrating part of this curve. Like, this is all going to be new. This is all going to be like kind of messy and just sort of trying to take that step back. And I honestly, I think the hardest part has been just like doing it, just getting out there every week, uh, you know, especially in the early days, just knowing that it was, you know, globby and, and mis- you know, just all that stuff and just still, you know, just sort of putting it out there. It's kind of weird when you're like, like I'm, I'm in my late thirties, like I'm, drawing publicly in front of people I've known for decades, you know, and teaching myself to do it. Like, I think just, I think just getting out there and putting the, you know, putting the content out there, taking a stab at, at cracking jokes and like building these characters. Like that's been, I think that's been the biggest hill to climb. Um, the other stuff and just, just keep trying to hammer at it every week and get a little bit better. Like that's, that's what this is for, <laughs> for the indeterminate future. And it's, it's been fun. I mean, it's just, um, putting stuff out there every week like I said is as as good as I can you know get it from week to week and as much improvement as I can make now how did that conversation go with your wife when you said I'm gonna she she knows you and you're saying the drawing part was tough how did did that conversation go where you're like hey honey I think I think the next the next chapter here I'm gonna come up with a a comic and she was was it like did the record skip what what was that well I mean obviously she's she's holding it down and a huge supporter now but how was that? How were those initial conversations? How was your pitch? <laughs> that was my pitch, and I mean, the larger context here is, I mean, she's been married to a dude who professionally writes about beer for you know this whole time. So, so overall, like her expectations are tempered accordingly. <laughs> I think. I mean, my wife's known me since uh, we we met in physics grad school together, um, and you know that was about when I started planning going down this hole with fiction and doing all that. So uh, she knows that I've been following this thing to the best that I can for you know, 12, 15 years now, just trying to figure it out. So we kind of know where I need to go. I think the biggest thing was just like, yeah, I guess the short answer is that she, she knew what she got into. She knew what she, she got was, into. She was yeah. down. Like, yeah, she was down. And I mean, it wasn't even that, you know, it was, it was less of a, should I do this? And more of a, like, how can I do this? Like, what do we need to do? What does it mean for the household? Like, I don't know. You can, 
it's Sonoma County is not cheap. Um, so like just even surviving out here is like, you know, takes some doing. Um, so just trying to make sure that I had enough freelance money still coming in make sure that I was, you know, that that was like getting to a sustainable gear. I mean, I'm, I'm basically putting myself back to school here. Um, and it's, you know, that, that, that just trying to find the time and, and I don't know, like the best like advice, like my MFA professor always like Maude always gave me was like, you're going to spend, the rest of your time, you know, the rest of your life trying to find time to write. So just get used to it. And I think just, you know, carving out enough time to make time for this, make sure we could keep our finances in, you know, in, in some, some order um, and just go for it. I mean, my wife is unbelievably obliging and supportive. Uh, Allie, Allie's great. And I, uh, I wouldn't be able to do this without her, but uh, she was, she was on board pretty fast. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, it's been like this for a while. Yeah, <laughs> she's kind of used to some of these things. I, I like the fact that you you met in a you know in phys like it, regarding physics and science, and you ended up you know well beer science, and then you know doing a comic you know web comic uh, with with uh, t you tied in a little bit with the with the massive potions, which is like this little you know, the the icon there, the the logo is you know a little nod to your your science background, but yeah, I think that one of the the great undertones or sub stories of a lot of these interviews is the is you know is our uh, you know, our team or our partners who you know support us and they don't really you know they don't show up in the the, the day to day but you know, really even just you know me personally with my wife you know uh, she, you know she met me when I was doing radio and you know managing a band and what have you and you know so she just said you know you've always been creative so that there's you know I, I didn't expect anything different and so it's uh yeah it's it's really important because it's it's not always easy especially that whole trying to figure out what the hell to do yeah you kind of just throw your hands up sometimes and you know, scream at the wall and you know, a few other expletives, you know, and, uh, oh, yeah. and, and here we are. I mean, the, the path to steady monetization of the vast majority of this stuff is, is long and not easy and not reliable. So yeah, I mean, most of, yeah, <laughs> most, I feel like most of the artists out there have, have something like that in their back pocket. That's like helping them go because, uh, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to figure out all the all the buttons to push and how to monetize everything and uh, how to connect your just all that stuff. Uh, I I'd never be able to do it without her. So it's super important. There you go. Okay. Well done, and that'll uh, that'll that'll get you some uh, much love back at home. Given up publicly, uh, you know, thanking her for that. So I'm setting you up setting you up for success here, Ken. It was, uh, that was I appreciate you that. Not, I you knocked that. one out of the park right there. That was I was hoping you're going to go with that, but uh, we've seen others we've seen others fail. Um, so you, you you rose to the occasion there. Um, from a, from a from a technical standpoint, you know, like I said, you can see the evolution of your your drawing and your comfort. What what are you using to draw? You know, what what is the are you are you hand drawing them and scanning them? Or are you using one of the Adobe tools? You know, what's what, what's kind of your arsenal to bring these to life each week? So I um the only so the only I, I handwrite the the scripts and I'll do I'll do little thumbnails um, in pen just to get you know just to get facial expressions, get a general lay of the panel. Um, but everything else I've been doing uh, digitally. So I'll do uh, Procreate uh, on an iPad Pro has been my go-to. Uh, uh, my buddy um, Adam Foreman, the dude who did like all the Jolly Pumpkin labels. Um, he and I connected over an article I did a few years ago, uh, and he's just been a super good resource and supportive dude about a lot of this stuff. And he turned me on to the iPad Pro uh, with, the, with the pencil like that. That's just I, I started doing that a few months before 
I started doing the comic, that was the first digital drawing I'd done. And it was just so intuitive, so easy, like, so, you know, so enough tools without like overwhelming, you know, me, like trying to, trying to get into this stuff. And just, uh, so I do almost everything in Procreate uh, at this point. And then I just do, just for text, because I can't hand letter. I, I'm just not good enough to hand letter yet. Uh, I I do all the text stuff in Illustrator and I just pull it in and just tweak it, tweak it that way. So, but yeah, everything's just about everything's digital these days uh, for, for me. And Procreate is just such a, oh, I love that tool. Like, and it's just like, they're constantly, I think it's made out in Australia. It's like 10, I don't know if you're not, if you're not familiar with it, it's like 10 bucks <laughs> and it feels like, a steal. I mean, I feel like I owe these people money uh, because it's just, it's such a good, powerful program for like 10 bucks. Um, it's just fantastic. And they're constantly updating it. That's awesome. And for folks at home looking to dive into the archive, uh, episode 52 feature, we do feature Adam Foreman, uh, Jolly Pumpkin, Artisan Ales. And uh, it was a, it was a good episode. Yeah. He's good people. And he's been, uh, he's been supportive when we had some events we were doing for charity. You know, they sent over some, uh, you know, some shirts and you know what, what have you. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's uh, and you realize how interconnected everybody is in the industry. So it's uh, it's nice when the constant you know a constant theme of you know good people comes through with you know different people and their experiences. So I, I definitely agree. He's been he's super talented. I just love his artwork and uh, just super smart, creative guy. Like it's been a pleasure connecting with him. Yeah. Now you said you write the scripts. How far out are the scripts? How, you know, how is, how, how are you kind of uh, project or time management wise putting that, the, everything together? Uh, terribly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, this is, this is, maybe this is the proper answer to your, like, what is the hardest part of this? Um, I, I'm, I have been behind, like I have been, uh, I've rarely been more than a week in a, I'm rarely ahead. Um, and I've just, uh, been struggling with getting ahead of the cycle. Uh, I'll do like, um, I'll usually do maybe five, five rounds of draft scripts, like just, just, just knocking out a bunch of, you know, sort of flimsy scripts and just sort of go through, try and find some sort of punchline to work with in some sort of situation. Um, and just sort of start building up a, a script from there. Uh, but it's usually the same week with, that comic is coming out i've i have uh i think i've prioritized uh quality over i hope over over timeliness or being over ahead i mean i've been flying by the seat of my pants for like a year and a half dude it's not been it's not been pretty sometimes but we're definitely i think i just got through a period of vacation and like recharge and also frantic work periods in between i think like We've got some calm periods up ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to work on getting a, a, a few weeks ahead. You know, that's, that's the next, next priority. Um, this stuff has taken, I mean, some of those early scripts took me for not just scripts, but just the drawing and stuff. Like I was doing like five, six, seven sketch rounds just to get something that didn't look like crap. So it was like, my time's gotten much shorter on these things. So I, and now, you know, I see that light at the end of the tunnel in terms of actually getting ahead. Now, yeah, that, that how was that feeling of the of the first one? Just kind of when you kind of published it or just posted it out there, and just were like, okay, I'm now like I'm now Ken the comic book guy, and so that must have been a little uh, nerve wracking, being so I guess vulnerable uh, with with something that you knew folks didn't really know you for. It feels weird. I, I mean, you know, you go. <laughs> 
and this is like social media in a nutshell too, like just by the way that you sort of like publicly present yourself. Um, I mean, I've been a beer writer for well, most of my time on social media. And so people sort of know me that way. And I kind of, you know, know myself and sort of move through the world to a large degree, you know, through that. Um, I've had to kind of walk away from that, you know, like I've, I've, I've been, I've been drinking less beer. Like I've been trying to sort of like, I don't, I don't want to do this full time for a living. Um, I just haven't like the, the, the beer writing side of stuff. And so just like having, you know, like sort of moving away from that and like thinking of myself as a cartoon, think, you know, as a cartoonist, and also as a cartoon, but also, you know, just thinking of myself as inhabiting this space, like, it's weird. It messes with your head. You have like imposter syndrome. You've got all that, you know, like I had imposter syndrome doing beer writing. It's like, you know, this shit again, but you, you have that, you know, it takes some time to really get used to it. I, I'm still not, you know, super comfortable in this like identity or as being this thing yet, because I have, you know, I have a semblance of what I'm doing. I have a, a good foothold on some of it, but like, I don't know what it's like to, it's, it's just all new. I mean, I guess is the best way to put it. It's all new. It's all kind of disarming and weird um and you just try and get a little bit more confident and normal with it like every week um for me it's like trying to figure out you know like i don't i knew where i fit into beer writing i knew where i fit into beer like i kind of had that all sus because i've been there for like a decade this i have no idea i'm trying to you know find my people i'm trying to find you know other cartoonists that speak to me and that sort of communicate in a way that like makes sense to me um but so much of it's new and so much of it, I mean, it's fun, but it is, you know, it's, it's to a degree, it's like starting over. Um, I'm just sort of trying to, trying to figure that all out. Uh, it feels weird. It's a little scary. It's kind of scary. Like, you know, putting those comics out into the wild and like not being a hundred percent confident in like how you're doing that for sure. <laughs> so it's, it's honest. I, I respect that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's it can be tough, right? And you're and you're really just kind of creating a brand from from scratch, and everything you've done up to that point helps you. But it's uh it's different than if you were maybe writing a book or something like that, which would be you know bringing together some of these other experiences into a different format. So uh, I, I applaud you. It's 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 uh it's ballsy. It's awesome, and uh, you know you're, you're you're doing what you love. So I'm 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 psyched to see how it evolves. Um. Can you tell us a little bit about the kind of the characters, you know, kind of uh, get folks up to speed on, you know, the whack pack and you know, who who's in the squad and you know what's going on with the, their adventures? Sure. Um, well, I guess the, the the simplest way to put it, I guess, is this is a you know very dysfunctional brewery slash potion shop, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, You've got the you've got Zoe. Uh, she's the you know, she's the head brewer. She kind of runs the whole show. Uh, little little standoffish, little surrounded by uh, suspect help. Uh, but she's got her cat Whalefeather, uh, who's her assistant brewer, uh, who's got the energy. He's got the verve. Uh, he's got the arrogance. He's got kind of a lot of the things that you need and a lot of the things that you don't need for success. Um, and so he's. Now, I think it's, it's Zoe and Whalefeather is sort of the 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 girl and her cat at the sort of core of of this space. Um, and then you so you've got you know you've got your head brewer and your assistant brewer uh, on the foraging side of things. We've got uh, Owl who's uh, got an eye patch and carries a sword with a demon poking out of it called Far, who can kind of see the future. Um, 
not too much of the future, but enough of the future to sort of help out a, a fledgling brewery. Uh, and so you've got Owl and Far, who are these, I mean, they're all weird characters. This is a very strange comic. Uh, but you got those two who, uh, who sort of handle a lot of the foraging stuff. Owl gives the brewery tours. Uh, Far, Far can kind of see the future a little bit, see what's, see the hard seltzers on the, you know, st- stuff like that, sort of dig into to a current, you know, emergent trends in the, in the potion world. Uh, we've got Dennis, a uh, talking cow, who's the friendly, overly friendly bartender, just very obliging, uh, but puts up with a lot in terms of the minimal customers and, and competent staff. So it's uh, he's kind of at the, at the core of things. Uh, and as of late, we've had the sand, who's the, the brewery's talking pile of sand. Um, it's, <laughs> it's exactly that. And uh, sort of their ordinary, totally unqualified, totally narcissistic, uh, but otherwise generally pleasant uh, brewery rep who's out there sort of trying to turn up business and get people excited about the brewery. So it's it's your standard brewery filled with people who don't quite know what they're doing, but would like to be better at it. So, I mean, I think at the core of things, this is like, I don't know, you've got like, what do we got? Like 7,500 weirdo breweries out there right now that are all trying to out weird each other um this is this is my version of that i think in in terms of this space so but those are the core characters you've got a brewer and assistant brewer uh dude and his sword demon going out foraging looking for supplies and stuff uh an obliging cow at the bar uh and an ornery ass pile of sand you know sort of trying to turn up business but that's the, the general gist of stuff there you go well, I, I, that gets everybody up to speed again. Massivepotions.com. You know, any adventures you can have them go on a, a on a podcast. I think that's always a good way to to do that. I mean, this could be an episode. You know, <laughs> I know I know a guy. He's got he's very he's got a nice radio voice and he does well in a cartoon format. So just just in case you need that as a as a topic for future, uh, you know, let me know. I can't help with the drawing or anything like that, but <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. For the for the for the marketing team, the promotion folks to go in there and use all the buzzwords and what have you. But yeah, folks, follow along massivepotions.com and I'll, I'll, you can see the adventures and what have you. And if you get a chance to, you know, go to the store and uh, purchase some merch, support uh, you know, an artist and his passion. It's uh, really important. The merch is where the money's at. Not that there's really a ton of money to monetize at this point for either of us, but we're we're figuring it out uh, day by day, which is really cool. Now. Let's see. One of our last questions: When you're creating, because this would be interesting, because you're, you know, do you listen to music? Or are you in the zone? You know, how do you kind of, bring uh, when it's time to to do your drawings? Um, you know, what's um, what's the vibe like? Or, do you, or since you're kind of creating it on the fly, do you like peace and quiet? You know, what's what's the what's the what's the feelings? Uh, if I'm doing if I'm doing scripts like if I'm doing words I'll usually you know, I'll usually not listen to music as often but uh, if I'm drawing it's usually I've you know I've got a big I've got a big playlist specifically for the comic but uh, yeah usually just some sort of what's on the playlist man that doesn't what's on the playlist you got a playlist I, I mean we want to we want to see what that's all about I mean it's it's lots of hip hop I mostly mostly listen to hip hop and rap stuff uh, just just stuff that's not, I'm not listening to anything too hardcore just because I don't want to get too ramped up when I'm doing drawing, but like just uh, stuff like Big Crit, uh, 
who else? I mean, who else am I listening to a lot these days? I'll listen to Freddie Gibbs a lot. I'll listen to, um, I just like, I like a lot of, I'll listen to Kendrick. I'll listen. I admittedly listen to a lot of Drake. <laughs> it's just the right level for the mood I need to be in. I really like Drake. I'm not really ashamed of that. Um, yeah, just just stuff that's uh, introspective, thoughtful hip hop. That's uh, just at that right mode for me to be in, where I want to get just amped up enough to to get a lot of drawing in without getting too dark. <laughs> I think it's like that, that proper gear. But that's usually, usually got my headphones on, uh, usually just sort of sit in my office drawing. Yeah. Well, those are all, those are all good choices. Um, which I think is really, was really cool to see. Um, yeah, I think music's important. So that's always just one of our, uh, warm and fuzzy questions. We just like this, like the kind of, uh, envision what folks are, are listening to. And as a, a fellow, fellow Drake lover, he's in, uh, Cali with you, one of our previous guests, uh, Connor Hunter. It's called Design. Uh, his thing is he'll Photoshop himself uh, into these various, you know, kind of uh, almost like buddy comedy uh, photos with, with him and Drake, and they look pretty. They look pretty real. Like you don't you don't realize that they're fake unless you <laughs> unless you know the story. But uh, it's just uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tag you in a couple of them. They're pretty. They're pretty hilarious. But, Check uh, that out. Yeah, it's it's good. So the Drake love is real. It's there and. Uh, it's uh yeah it's pretty common. Even my boys like uh, like themselves from Drake, which is good. Yeah, I don't I don't mind an introspective rapper. I'm I'm good with that. So it's <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, especially as a, someone who's telling a story. There's definitely uh, those are some good storytellers you're 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 listening to. So it, it makes total sense. Yeah. Well, Ken, that is a wrap, my friend. Um, I. Uh, I hope it wasn't too painful for you. It's one of your first uh, comic book interviews, and uh, hopefully it won't be one of your last. But I, I really appreciate you being, you know, being a part of the project, and you know, your support is uh, is much appreciated. For sure. Thanks for thanks for having me, dude. This was this was great, and I uh, it's, it's fun getting to talk about this. I'm getting a little more you know comfortable with it, figuring out exactly how to bring folks into this you know, slightly weird concept. But it's I'm I'm loving it, and I feel people have been really supportive of it so far. So. Yeah. One thing I've learned is when you're passionate about something and you're, you're a people person. So I think that just that, you know, just people buy into Ken, you know, and they know, you know what you are and what you've done. They want to support and learn more about it. Um, and you just kind of, yeah, I think streamlining the, the social and figuring out that process, I think has been really helpful for me to have, you know, certain things we post on certain days and, you know, coming up with templates that we can, you know, reuse and, and uh, finding ways to, to make things, quote-unquote, easier um, is, has been good. But like you said, the amount of time we would put into it originally versus we had to put in now every week, it's not that we're putting out a, a lesser, lower-quality product. We just kind of uh, feel more comfortable in the, in the tools and in our skin a little bit. Yeah, it's like it's frustrating when, like, the simple stuff takes you forever, and I'm just enjoying, like, that's, you know, you get a little bit better at stuff. Stuff takes a little bit less time, and you can start devoting your attention to the stuff you've been trying to get to for the last year or so. <laughs> so we're slowly getting to that part of things, which is nice. Yeah. One week at a time, but uh, yeah, there's anything we can do. Like I said, we're, uh, you know, you're part of the, part of the crew now. So we're always uh, down to support. And if there's anything coming up that we can, you know, do, or you're on the East coast anytime, but uh, I definitely will, we'll get a couple of beers soon. And uh, I look forward to, to catching up soon. Awesome. Appreciate it. Too. Thanks again so much for having me. I do appreciate it. Cool, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Ken.
Sounds good, dude. Take care. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch. And there you have it, folks. The essential massive potions Ken Weaver interview right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Our first kind of uh, comic book or weekly comic book. We still, you know, we have uh, Max and Melissa Sue Stanley, but yeah, massive potions. Ken, for me, this is a really relatable one for us because it's someone who is doing something completely different who's doing something unique in craft beer and just kind of going for it, you know, and I think it's uh, it's really commendable, you know, or one could argue misery loves company. But, I mean, I remember early on when we were doing this and it was just, you know, we've always done it for the right reasons. And I think that when you're trying to do something new, I think that's one thing you should take away is that if you're, the pretense or the reason that you're doing it is not for, you know, the joy of it, and you think that you can kind of uh, cash grab or get a quick buck out of it, you're fucked. Because I think I mean, there's a lot of, you know, grind, hard work that goes into it. Putting out weekly content is not easy. Being committed to it and working to evolve and, you know, push the boundaries of what you can do and what the product is. That's really where it's at. And that's, if that's, if those are, the, you know, if your goals are pure, then you're you're already going to be successful. So I, I'm just really excited to see where things go with this. I think it's really unique. I think it's really fun for us to you know connect with uh, you know Ken well over a year ago and to see that he's still at it. You know that's one thing. You know I think maybe over time you know there, at some point in the future we might have some reprises or try to find a, a cool way to you know to have uh, second rounds of interviews. But we're really kind of conscious, you know, we definitely have a list of folks that we always want to interview, but we try to pick when the time is right for that, so that when they come on, it's not a time when, you know, maybe the brand isn't where it's growing, or they don't have a lot of history with it, and there's not, you know, the story cannot be told. So we really, you know, we pick and choose when we're going to have folks on, and it, we're, we're pretty good at that. So, remember, Ken Weaver... On social media, also MassivePotions.com, Massive Potions, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow along with his weekly adventures. See how the, the future holds. You know, see what's next in beer, how the brewery goes. You know, follow along with the, the sand, the cows, the animals, the cats. It's just a, a whack pack of sorts. And uh, look, you know, look for them, hopefully, in the future to, to be an award-winning podcast. And now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, AJ, you haven't won the awards yet, but... Ken's telling the future, and so I have a, I have a good feeling where, where, where things are going. So uh, stay tuned. Remember to check out theartofcraftbeer.com. We're really excited with all the great Connecticut artists that we're going to have at Three Sheets December 14th. Do not miss that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's just really a good opportunity. I mean, it's free, so really the bar... You know, I think pretty highly what we're doing, but the bar's set pretty low. You really, you know... We got Craig Gilbert, Josh Parent, Steve Raboyne, Maggie Gagliardi, Jessica Batista, Jay Larch, Andrew Mullen, Chris Edwards, Nathan Sturdivant, Dan Warning, Lisa Satera. We have AJ Karens. We have you. We have three sheets. We have art in the back, art in the front, art everywhere, beers, good times. What more could you ask for? All right, folks, until next week, my name is AJ. You are you. Keep being your best self, and we look forward to catching up soon. Don't be a stranger.
Stay in touch, and we will talk to you soon. Peace.